All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Little Perspective Podcast with Will Sigmund. I am joined today by revered iOS developer of the greatest uh, Reddit client of all time, Apollo, uh, Christian Selig. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Pretty much. Pretty much on the money. Yeah, yeah, you're good. All right. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, Christian, uh, you and I have kind of talked back and forth uh, online before, and uh, I'm a longtime user of Apollo. I am a a lifetime ultra, uh, whatever the lifetime uh, (laughs) pro pack is. It's, It's an app that just continues to get better over time, and there's so many different features that I use on a daily basis. Uh, that I simply get frustrated if I'm uh, on Reddit or on any other device and I can't use them in some cases. So, you know, we can get to the app in a little bit, but I think I want to know like a little bit about your background and what led you to create the app and maybe even what got you into app development in the first place. For sure. Um so for Apollo, I would say it wasn't very <laughs> different from you, to be honest, where it's something I used the heck out of. And there were these little paper cuts with every other app that added up um, to making it quite frustrating for me to use. And if it's something you use for several hours a day, those little paper cuts add up quite a bit. So I was very motivated to find something that would work for me. And I was between projects at the time. So I was thinking, why not? Why not a Reddit? Why not something that um, I would use the heck out of as well? So Reddit felt like a natural fit for that. And as far as getting into iOS development, uh, it wasn't very, it was uh, along the similar line where um, I was just really fascinated by the whole app ecosystem on iOS, where I wasn't used to any other concept of anything where you could, you could build something potentially on a weekend and publish it and have, you know, thousands of people using it, uh, run into somebody on the bus using your app. And that, that whole concept of being able to get something into so many pockets and have somebody use your stuff just said it so incredible. And as far as me being new to stuff, like I did, I wasn't aware of anything like that. So it was a really exciting prospect. Of course, I had no idea how to do any of it at the time. So it was a, a bit of a journey to get up to the point where I was comfortable enough to actually submit something to the app store. But it was quite a, it was a fun journey. That's awesome. And so before this app, you would say that you didn't really have aspirations for development. I, I did, but this was, I guess this would have been probably my, um, the first one I took like really seriously. Um, I could, I could program in iOS before that. Um, but iOS was my first, um, experience with programming, but the, uh, the apps I had made in the past were kind of just like fun things. Like I made a little app that could help you learn to speed read and publish it at the app store. And it made a few bucks and it was just kind of a fun thing to get your feet wet with. And it worked well for applying at, at the time I built that I was in university. So it, it was really helpful for applying to jobs and on resumes where you could show an interviewer or recruiter or what have you, hey, I built this thing. Like you can take out your phone right now and go download it on the app store. And a lot of them were very enamored by that. So it was a great thing to have in that aspect. But beyond that, um, it was just something that was that was fun to me. Um, and, and in a pipe dream world, I would have loved to have done something full time with it. Uh, but it wasn't anything I ever imagined um, taking place. I was thinking I, I knew I wanted to be an iOS developer, but being um, in terms of publishing my own app and being able to live off that, that wasn't uh, what I had in mind. Um, it felt felt too lofty. So when I started on Apollo, it was just kind of um, in the same avenue as the other apps where this is something I'll use. Maybe no one else will use it. Worst case scenario, I'll have something I'll like and I can put it on a resume and maybe 
uh, a recruiter somewhere will like it as well. And that'll be that. Uh, but as I kept working on it more, I found more people were interested in it, um, had similar goals in uh, what they wanted to see in a Reddit client. So it seemed to appeal to more people. So I started taking it more and more seriously as I built it. Um, and then pretty much just kept doing that until I got to the point where I am today where I can work on it full time. I love hearing that. First of all, uh, you know, you're saying that having an app that they can download like on the spot is almost having like a, a universal portable resume uh really that is. you know anybody can just kind of jump in even if you're on you know an elevator or something like that you know that's kind of cool sure. and they yeah and especially if they download it they've kind of got it sitting on their home screen there reminding them of you in a way and uh yeah it's just, it's really cool in that way and it's it's and, and heck it's a lot more fun than a resume right you know i mean you can how many times can you read a pdf right but having actually having a thing where you go oh my gosh like that's kind of cool how the inner how the uh person did this I like this. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's a lot more fun. I just noticed your shirt too, yeah. by the way. Nice touch. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those... Looking good. Looking good. <laughs> for those uh, not on video, uh, I am wearing my Apollo swag shirt. Um, I, I should have worn mine. I'm, I'm in between laundry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I have some stickers around here too. And I was really going to, I was really going to schmooze it and like put it on my hat, but I can't find where they are. I know they're around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, um, they'll, they'll turn out. But anyway, um, so it sounds like you know you kind of came across Apollo in the way that a lot of, I mean, really even inventors come across inventions. You you have this problem that you you know you want to solve, really kind of for yourself, but you think yeah it might help other people too, and you know you just kind of went after it and you made the version of something that you would want if you were a user and then therefore it kind of trickled down and ended up resonating with so many other people. Yeah, that's, I, I don't think in a way it's almost selfish because I don't know if, um, I, say I went, I was like, Oh, there's going to be a great market for lawn mowing apps, but it wasn't something I was really passionate about. It would have been hard to stick through all the development time um, that creating an app would take if I wasn't really passionate about it. So it, it was almost cheating in a way to choose something that you, you really, you yourself wanted to see published one day because heck you were going to use it if no one else was. Um, and I, I think it would have been really hard to go through the entire process of development and releasing it if, if I didn't um, enjoy building it as much as I do. Oh, I don't. I don't think it's cheating at all. I think when you know the the people that I'm I'm trying to have on this show, even they're people that are excited to do what they do, or excited to talk about the topics you know that we we have uh, laid out here. And I, there are certain there's a handful of developers who I resonate with on a more existential level and i know this sounds a little cheesy but it's because i can feel the pride in what they do and it doesn't just it it bleeds through the app a little bit but then also you see uh these same types of developers really uh, interacting with their community and you know listening to an extent you have a vision and you can and i know it's, it's always a, a tough balance to um, to juggle what people want and what is sustainable and what, sure. you know, what kind of to put on your roadmap is really the, you know, it's the plight of any kind of product uh, manager or designer. Um, sure. But, you know, regardless of all of that, you do an incredible job of 
you you create fun in the app. You you have a, a like I said a very good uh, platform for feedback in your subreddit and you know on Twitter, um, you know and elsewhere. And people I think can feel that um, there is a phenomenon. I actually talked about this on um, uh, an episode of Appleosophy that I was on recently. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's called parasocial interaction. Are you familiar with that? It sounds vaguely familiar, but um, bring me up bring me up to speed just in case. Yeah, so the concept is you 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 basically you get into this one-sided relationship where you feel like you really know the person um, and you have that personal bond, if you will, with them. Um, because they're they they put things out there for you to see about you know whether it be comments on things or just your general vibe you know and right you know, on your tweets or whatever be the case um or even like if you're listening to a popular podcaster um you, you can and you listen to them like every week you develop that that one-sided interaction and and then you end up feeling like you kind of know them. So in a sense, I know we've never really talked in person before, but I already feel like I kind of know you because you allow those types of things to come in through your through your communication. And that's something that I really appreciate. You know, um, that's pretty cool. And I, I can only see that in a handful. Yeah. No, I like that. No, that's that's a, that's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a very 21st century thing, isn't it? it <laughs> It, it certainly is. It certainly is. And um, I think some people like you are more receptive to bridging that gap. And now, you know, we've had a conversation. It's, you know, our relationship will be a little bit different going forward because right. we have, you know, been able to communicate in a way we haven't before. Um, right. And that that's really fun, too. I, I've really I made a lot of relationships like that online where I respect or like what somebody's doing and, you know, we end up just kind of hitting it off and striking conversation and, you know, it just ends yeah. up being a fun kind of a friendship. So. No, that's, the, that's honestly the beauty of the internet, the people you meet. Yeah, it super is. And, and that kind of leads me in a little bit to Reddit as a platform and something that I, I kind of want to, um, pivot to always on these episodes is the 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 way in which you consider accessibility uh and or don't consider it and i have a few uh things that i'm curious to know if you've ever realized that you've helped somebody in a way that you didn't intend to um mike rundle was on the show last episode and we talked about how um, good design is innately empathetic. And I think that just in having something that you love that you're building, you will naturally be empathetic to other people using it. And what's really neat is when that empathy is so uh, it permeated that it starts to affect people in ways that you never even intended to in a positive way. So, that being said, what kind of things do you consider, um, and when you're when you're thinking about the design or design changes or um, 
features, you know, how do you think about accessibility? How do you frame that in your mind? Um, it's, it's a big deal, especially, um, because iOS is from what I understand, very well known for being an accessible platform. So, uh, it's you, even if you didn't, um, find accessibility important, which obviously you should, you'd almost stick out as a sore thumb in this world of apps being so accessible and then you open yours and it's this garbage mess that nobody can use. Uh, so I've always prided my app on, uh, feeling like a great part of iOS being accessible to everybody. So accessibility has been an important to me. It's, it's one of those areas though, that's tricky because you don't, for me at least, um, the accessibility area is so vast and expansive that you don't necessarily know all there is that your app could be doing unless somebody tells you in a way, if that makes sense. So a lot of the time I'll get feedback in an email where somebody says, Hey, um, I'm, uh, I'm differently able to, uh, way X and I use your app and, um, I found it to be a great experience in this way, but it would be really cool if you implemented this feature or did something a little different to make it a little easier for me to use. And it, and it's always so cool because a lot of the time I'm like, Oh my gosh, Hey, I didn't know that feature existed. Like it's seven menus deep and an accessibility thing. And you, you, I turn it off and I'm like, this is actually really cool. Um, and then they can give you feedback where it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, as much as I'd love to, I'm not using it 40 hours a week. Um, so they have, insights that I wouldn't necessarily discover myself. And they have a lot, their perspective is a lot more valuable than mine in, in a sense, because they use the heck out of it. Uh, so it's one of those things where I guess I, I'm, where it comes back to listening to users, I suppose, like it always does, where Apollo thankfully has a lot of um, users who appreciate the accessibility feature. So I got a lot of great feedback and I can say, oh, this might not be great. Uh, let's see how I can improve that. Or this is cool. I got a really cool story about that. And um, it, it's just constantly evolving. And whenever I try to do a new feature, um, putting it up to beta testing and being like, Ken, is this usable by as many people as possible? It, it definitely is something. It, it's, it's the worst when you get an email where it's like, oh, I, the feature looks really cool. I can't use it at all. Could you fix that? And of course, that becomes a priority. One, one big one that there's so many. And also, too, um, not trying to sound like I'm winning a lot of brownie points here. I'm being totally serious when I say you do a very good job of getting a lot of customization without overwhelming. Um, I think the way that you, and I'm looking at your app right now, uh, I think the way that you group your customization settings, and like even like you said, seven menus deep or whatever, you do it in a way that's like, okay, I'm, I'm slowly discovering X thing as opposed to just giving me a swath of, you know, 800 switches on one page that (laughs) obviously can get super overwhelming. Totally is. And one thing that I really love just to be, yeah. Um, I really love the ability to, to swipe, uh, to upvote or downvote or even to turn off uh, swiping from the left side. And the reason I love that is because it allows me to use the app with one hand. Mm. Um, Is that something that you're acutely aware of, that particular function? Um, Being able to, like, the full screen swiping kind of thing? Yeah, like, just how those two options as a specific example... Did you intend to do that so people could 
use the app with one hand or did you say yeah oh, this just seems like a, a way that would be natural no that was honestly when developing the app at the beginning that was probably one of the things i struggled with the most as a design decision was i love apps and a lot more apps are doing it nowadays i think the twitter app does it where um it's just permanently in that um that swipe you can go either direction just anywhere on the screen you can swipe and, and yeah and it's really great for one-handed use um there's no guesswork I really liked that. And when I was designing the app from the get-go, I was trying to figure out if I should prioritize that. Or a lot of people also love gestures. So they love being able to swipe in things in mail. Um, there's historically been a ton of apps that have robust swiping functionality. And people love those. Like Alien Blue, which was a big app at the time, I was starting out, had a ton of gesture options. And people really enjoyed that. So even though in my head, I recognized that being able to swipe anywhere on the screen was really nice to have and really comfortable it didn't necessarily offer the same power for some people that gestures did. And uh, I went back and forth on that so many times where I was figuring like, do I want it the most comfortable? Do I want it the most uh, customizable and powerful? And ultimately I guess I kind of coughed. Yeah, exactly. And ultimately I kind of coughed because I figured I think gestures are the thing people will be most impressed with. And you know what, if they want to be able to swipe anywhere on the screen because they find that more comfortable, which I totally understand, I'll give that uh, just a, easy option to do as well. And they can kind of um, choose wh whatever appeals to them the most. They can swipe in one direction, have gestures the other, vice versa, gestures in no directions, gestures in both directions. Customizability kind of, I figure that comes in and helps quite a bit with those tricky design decisions. Yeah, oh, totally. And, and like I said, fine line between overwhelmingly customizable and delightfully customizable. Um, you know, I, I find that that's one of the beauties of iOS versus Android, in my opinion. Um, it just, it seems to be more approachable in customization because some people, some people think of, of it as a negative thing, but it, it kind of, iOS boxes you in, in a way it's almost like friendly almost it's allowing you to yeah i'm trying to think of a good way to like describe it but they don't let you feel that anxiety of oh if i did it this way i could do it five other different ways what way is going to be the best way for me and then all of a sudden you have like fomo and you go back and you're switching back and forth back and forth back and forth um that's true you know as somebody who loves settings of stuff that's like uh the first thing i do when i when I open an app or a, a new video game or something like that, I don't know what it is. Like just, I want it to tailor to me, um, but in a way that is not like maddening and, you know, give me, give me three options instead of 10. Um, and I think that's something that Apple's always tried to do as well, um, which, yeah, no, is, I, I which is something I've always respected them. No, and, and it's it's tricky because some people just... I, I'm totally the same way as you. If, if something has 10 options instead of three, I'll be sitting for four hours trying to decide if seven or eight feels the best. Um, so I'd much prefer to have three options and then I can actually just use the app and not go crazy. But man, some people just love having that level of customizability. And I guess that's why you know it's the same with choosing a Reddit app even. Um, there's some people out there who I'm not going to be able to convince ever that Apollo is a great app because they just love the Reddit app so much and or they love Narwhal so much or 
they don't like something about Apollo. And that's totally cool. That's like the beauty of choice. In the same way, if you're like, iOS is great. Um, I wish I had a little bit more customization, the settings way to dial everything in. That might not appeal to me, but it's kind of cool that we there there are the options out there to try to almost, um, there's. it's not like trying to one size fits all everything. You, you can kind of pick and choose what appeals to you the most. So I was thinking about other features that you've, that you uh, created here um, that have also just made my life easier and or things I never even thought I would want. One particular one that uh, I think it was a, like, I probably have, there's so many people uh, that I talk to. I have like a group Slack uh, friend group thing. And I would say at least 50% of like the 50 or so active people use Apollo as their client. Um, and, and use it frequently. Uh, oh, yeah. So we're all big fans. And one of the things that one of my friends did one time, he he, sh- he shared the post as an image. And I was like, whoa, that is, that is an ingenious way to share a post with context uh, so that you're not having to. So as actually, I remember early on in development, I don't know if you remember, but um, I had reached out to you and asked, can you make sharing with a title optional? So um, you added a, f- a functionality. I don't know if it was just me that wanted that, but uh, you made it possible to pick and choose whether you actually wanted to share uh, uh, something like over iMessage or that kind of thing with a title or not. And And then I saw this feature and it's like expounded upon that thought process in a way I never even considered what was your what was your inspiration for that particular feature I would say in the same way that you suggested that uh share including title feature it's something I didn't conceive when I first used the app because I'm kind of the person that just rattles off a link and hopes that they can click on it but users come in and you and a few others are like oh it would be really cool I like having the title there I'm like oh enough people have said that, that yeah, that's probably a good thing, even if I personally don't use it. And then Share's image as a feature was pretty much exactly the same way where enough people over time uh, suggested like, it would be really cool. I'm always screenshotting posts and sometimes I can't get all the comments in and kind of have to stitch them together in this janky way. It would be really great if Apollo, Apollo knows what's on screen, if it could stitch those together and clean it up a little bit and shoot that off to me as an image, that would be really great. And I thought, oh, you know, that's that's a pretty cool feature. That, and I don't think on the in the back of my head, I don't think it would be too hard. So you, you hear that enough times, and hopefully you're listening to your users. And a good idea like that comes across your desk, and you're like, hey, yeah, that would be fun to build. It seems pretty cool, and thankfully a lot of people. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Even even to the point where, um, you know, I feel like I love I love Reddit, and and I wanted to kind of get into this overall um, more of a general. Uh, view on reddit the platform but and and kind of getting to that point i love reddit because oftentimes i find things on there so innately and i've shared this in the first episode too um i just love to share things it's just my personality i like remembering that you know christian likes uh blueberries right and all of a sudden i see that there's a sale on blueberries you know, <laughs> uh, at, at your local grocery store. And I want to, I want to be like, Oh, Christian needs to know about the sale. You can get like three for one. Um, 
deal or whatever be the case. And when you have something like Reddit that is constantly pumping you full of information, which can, to some people, I think be overwhelming, but using the right tools, including Apollo, helps you whittle down that information to pertinent stuff that you enjoy. Um, Naturally, it's going to be the starting point of a lot of what I want to share during the day, uh, whether it be news, memes, community stuff. Reddit is where I turn to when I want a real review of something or, you know, and I know that this person doesn't have any kind of bias or whatever, or this is, you know, I saw that meme on Reddit two weeks ago. It's funny, you know, people get so frustrated when I tell them that. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but, like, somebody will share something funny with you, and you're trying not to, like, let them down, but you're like, yeah, I I saw that, and I'm just, I have to, I had to master the art of not sounding like a butthole um, when I, when I say that. Do you find that often? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky line because yeah, sometimes they're, they're so happy just to share something and, and make you laugh and smile with you that it's kind of, it's just easier to just be like, Oh, I've never seen that before. That's, that's hilarious. And you know, everyone's happier for it. I suppose it's a tricky line to walk. Apollo makes sharing so easy in so many different ways. And that is what I really love about it. I think at its fundamental level it makes the experience of browsing reddit great but it makes sharing things even better and it is the reason why in my opinion it's it's unmatched by other reddit clients particularly you know the official one because i can do things like i can actually download the actual video the actual gif or something like that that way i can ensure that the group of people I'm sending it to aren't going to be like, oh, I got to click a link and, you know, I got to go watch a thing. You're just giving them, you're just literally plugging them directly into the information so that you can get a you know reaction or get them the information. Because not everybody's like me. I know that not everybody really loves piling through a bunch of information to find out XYZ thing. So, you know, let me do that because I love doing it. And so, like I said, there's just so many great features that allow me to do that kind of thing. In thinking about the platform itself, can you give me a little bit of experience that you've had where that you came to say, you know, I love Reddit because X and I always want to make sure that Apollo enhances Reddit in this way? That's that's a really good question. I think for me, as you alluded to, Reddit's enormous. There's it's you know, over a decade old now, and there's so many features on it. And it's very easy to get lost in the weeds and almost have an avalanche of features hit you at any time. And it's tricky because uh, if you whittle down the features too much, you might be taking away a feature somebody really enjoys. And if you show too much, you might be overwhelming people. So it's, that's one of the aspects of Apollo that I'm always trying is, is A, to make not everything feel overwhelming, and the things you do typically want to do, I want to make as frictionless as possible. So like you said, like sharing, that's something people use the heck out of things like viewing uh, media. People use the heck out of, I want to make sure those are as frictionless as possible. The uh, So really nail the core tenets of Reddit. It's, it's at its whole, it's a newsy social network. 
Uh, so there's lots of media memes, articles, everything. Make those really easy to be shared, really easy to view, really easy to read the comments on. And the ancillary stuff, almost all the little fun little features that's Reddit's added over the years that aren't necessarily as core to the platform, have those too, but make those, um, include those in a way that's not overwhelming to the user. So maybe behind uh, a menu or, or something of the sort so that you, you can keep all that power there, but not um, the first time the user opened the app, they're like, oh, you know, they're hit with a wall of buttons and labels and titles, and they have no idea what they're even looking at. It looks like, you know, you're looking at a bulletin board at your local grocery store. It's just way too overwhelming. So it's, it's mm-hmm. there's always a balance there. Well, even taking a step back from not even considering specific features of Apollo, but more philosophically, what what do you like about Reddit and what like how you've been a user for Reddit for how long and what what keeps you from going uh, to coming back? It's definitely the community like and, and it's hard to say community because Reddit's like a lot of people like to be like, oh, Reddit's X, Reddit's Y. Like there's so many communities within Reddit that it's, it's hard to pinpoint it exactly. And that, that's really why I like it. It's Twitter, I feel like fills my uh, bucket in terms of having a social network that's more about people like I get to talk to people like you um, interact with them more personally like all our names and pictures are there and it's very it's a lot more personal or reddit is more focused around the content and the communities and everything and that's it, it almost makes a great uh, side dish to twitter, twitter for lack of a better term where you've got um, something that's twitter is much more focused on the people and you've got this other network that uh, puts a much bigger spotlight on the content and the communities around them so if you're really into um, a new tv show comes out you can on twitter for instance you can talk to some friends hopefully they watch it but on reddit you can go over to this community that just sprung up out of nowhere um that you know that wasn't there a month ago it's like one of the spirit of halloweens and you can have conversations with or read conversations with uh, these really insightful people who are really enjoying the same thing that you're experiencing and little communities like that. And, and just the humor of it, it's, it's not as heavy a website as other websites. I just, the, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's a very, it feels very communal for lack of a better term. It, I think they really nailed the community feel of the website and that's, what's always kept me there. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I've been a user since I think 2009 and, um, you know, I've seen it change a lot over the last few years. And I think it has been different things for me over the course of that time. The community aspect is, is 100% what keeps me going as well. I think it is both humorous, but also so interesting and unique, the amount of specificity some of the, the subreddits have in some of these communities. I mean... Things that I would have never thought a group of people would either talk about or do or whatever be the case. I might come across, uh, you know, a random subreddit because somebody commented on one that I'm subscribed to or whatever. And it's just like, whoa, there's really like 100 people that only bathe with yellow sponges. I don't know. It's something, (laughs) something very specific. But there's beauty in that because... I think there's there's two things as it pertains to the beauty in that. So I think that Reddit gives you the option to be anonymous and the anonymity it makes things approachable for certain people who I think wouldn't normally um, feel that way. And that can definitely be used in a positive or a negative way. Don't get me wrong. I try to think of 
things on this show in positive ways. And um, I have come across topics like I mentioned in you know my show. I'm a little person, right? And there's a there's a dwarfism community on Reddit, and I think it just passed like a thousand people. I'm surprised it's not more popular, but I have seen like questions from people who aren't little people asking questions about little people in a way that is like respectful and like they're genuinely curious. Rarely do I see like hateful or negative bullying, you know, in the communities, at least that I'm in. And once again, uh, as Mike and I talked about in the previous episode, all kinds of social media, if you really get down to it, there's a lot of generalizations out there about social media and I think most of those come from people, especially who don't use it, and they just want to blanket Reddit as being a toxic place or whatever be the case. But every social media network, especially these days, gives you tools to combat that toxicity, um, even not even in a way that's not necessarily like direct, like reporting a a, a bullying comment or something, but literally just the option to not subscribe to that subreddit if you don't want to or mute a certain word or whatever be the case like you have that as an option in apollo you can mute certain uh words uh if you find them offensive or if you just don't want to you know burn your mind with whatever topic but it makes the world feel a hundred times bigger when you can combine the sense of community the sense of anonymity to an extent if you want to, and then be able to communicate with things that you might not feel comfortable asking in real life, but in reality really, really make an impact and a difference. Now, I did a, I did an AMA a long time ago, like in 2011, like my second year on Reddit, and it was back when before they changed the algorithm of front pages, and it was just like, hey, I'm a little person ask me anything. And most of the questions were not like rude or inappropriate, but in a lot of ways, especially like 10 years ago, before there was maybe even as many resources as there are now, or as many shows or, you know, things like that out there. I got, I got a chance to answer all these questions and I posted it kind of on the whim one night and I woke up the next like morning and it was on the top 10 and I was like, what the heck? And so, but, but it told me like people were curious about this topic that maybe they didn't realize before. And I was giving them answers that I could be a platform for my own personal community, if you will. You know, I consider myself a, a representative of the, the dwarf community. And in my opinion, you know, I, I could help shed some light on either misconceptions or or things like that. And that is where I really feel like it shines as a platform. It's And, I, and to, to harken back to your comparison between Twitter and, and Reddit, I view Twitter as my active uh, way to, to, you know, have social media or whatever, whereas Reddit's more of my passive. And I can go to Reddit, like, at the end of the day or in the middle. I don't have to check it as often to know, like, hey, I can, you know, either sort by popular, I can sort by top of the day, or however I want to sort, there's all these different ways in order to get the information that I want to get. So in that aspect, 
Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a very like good tool. It's really a tool, is the way I kind of see it. Just like this podcast, I'm, I'm trying to use this podcast as a tool to go beyond the fact that you just make this awesome app. But I want to know the people behind these these topics that I'm picking, and um, you know, I I just I could. I can tell it just comes through, like I said, in what you do, that you care deeply and that you're just a, a good, like, fellow human being, if that makes sense. That, that was that was really well said. And I, I love that it's it seems so easy, like you said, nowadays to for publications to focus on all the negatives of social media. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, there obviously are uh, some negative aspects of them. But like you said, it's just so cool how you get the exposure to people from different walks of life than your own is so cool. Like, it's just, it's crazy to think that if, you know, we grew up, you know, even 60, 70 years ago, like just the, the box you kind of get yourself stuck in, in terms of, you know, who you get exposed to on a day-to-day basis. It's just so much more broad with the internet. And I I feel like back to that empathy thing you alluded to, it, it does make you more empathetic when you can, um, you maybe have a stigma or, or an opinion you can attach a person to it that you've met or interacted with and you can, you can, yeah, almost feel more personal connection to that person. And I, and I think being able to, um, like I, I can imagine a lot of those people in your AMA, that was their first, um, interaction or questions that they were able to have with a little person and probably changed the rest of their life in terms of, um, interacting in their and their assumptions, um, about little people. And, and it's, and it, it's just such a, not a small event, but it was just like you said, a little thing you did on a lark. And for a lot of people, it probably completely changed their outlook of your community. And it's, 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 that's just such a cool thing that doesn't really seem like it would have been a thing before the internet. Um, yeah, it gives, it gives everybody a platform, really. It really, it evens the playing field and anybody can cause a ripple, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, and that ripple could be good or bad, but oh, sure. certainly effective i guess in either direction so looking ahead at your roadmap doesn't have to be you know tell me about new features or whatever what is the number one thing that you consider maybe on a daily basis as you move forward at this point in the development of the app to decide whether a feature gets made or how it gets tested or goes through the ringer what is your what is your workflow thought process it basically comes down to impact i would say being a being a one-person shop there's so many features i'd love to do and would be you know personally rewarding or i know people would enjoy or there's a little annoying bug that somebody keeps emailing me about and it's being that one-person shop you have to be very laser focused with um like that apple ad said ages ago like a thousand no's for every yes like you have to say that feature would be really cool, but what feature would have the broadest impact and be the best use of my time? So that's basically what I think of in terms of when I'm figuring out what feature to do next, which what is something that would bring a lot of people joy and happiness um, and not just six people, hopefully affect maybe even everybody who uses the app, just make it a little bit better for them. And for me, that's a, that's a lot of stuff nowadays about um, getting it on more platforms potentially. Um, so a lot of people, the iPad app experience right now isn't great. I've been really looking to change that. Uh, Mac app development in terms of from the perspective of an iOS developer has became a lot more advanced over the last few years in terms of being welcoming to us. 
um, and more uh, accessible. And so that's been a really exciting aspect that I use the heck out of my Mac day to day as well because I'm in Xcode all day. Uh, so I can see the appeal with having uh, apps there as well that you might have on your iPhone or your iPad. And so it's it's stuff like that where that's a, a feature that would have a lot of impact because literally anybody using an iPad would benefit from a better iPad experience. Whereas having this minute feature that seven people use might not have as big as an impact. So it, it's trying to figure out which, what action will have the best impact on the greatest amount of people. What do you use to gauge what will have the biggest impact? That, I'd love to say I have some, you know, um, impressive <laughs> measuring system that uses machine learning or something, but it, it's honestly, with the community, thankfully Apollo's got quite a large subreddit. So a lot of, it's very easy to gauge in a lot of ways um, just by how loud people are screaming kind of thing. If there's, if I remember my head's, 700 posts this month were about the iPad app and, you know, six posts were about better filtering. I'll be like, okay, better filtering is something I definitely want to do, but man, people are being really loud about that iPad app right now. So that's, I really, really got to prioritize that. So it's, um, in the same, how the squeaky wheel gets the grease or however that saying goes, whenever people are, whenever I'm getting a lot of emails, a lot of posts about something, um, that's typically the best way I'm able to gauge. That, that sounds pretty meta. You're in. using your own, apps platform to determine how your app will move forward (laughs) no i love it and i mean that Mm -hmm. just is a testament to the platform once again and and how versatile it is is there anything that you can share about the ipad app right now yeah well so basically right now um and it's current incantation that you can get on the app store it's um I like to say it's like you took clothespins and stretched out the iPhone app onto the, because that's literally all it is for all intents and purposes. So my goal with the um, iPad app is to have something that takes better advantage of the big screen. So uh, just blowing up an iPhone app, because that was a lot of the criticism of the original iPad was like, who wants a big iPhone? And I think over the years, we've shown that that was a very naive vision of what the iPad would become. It, It actually purely having a larger surface to do what you're doing on an iPhone intrinsically gives you more the ceiling's higher in terms of what you can do. And there, there's much more room for possibilities in a way. And making better use of the screen on the iPad is is pretty much the focus on it. It's not going to re it's not going to turn into a photography app or anything crazy. It, it's just in terms of taking the existing platform and updating. And I'm hoping to modernize some of the, the visuals that uh, might've gotten a little long in the teeth as well, but, it, but it's mostly about making better use of that screen. So maybe showing more information at once not having to swipe back as much because there's there's a lot of like this dead white space on the the current iPad version that I feel could be much better filled in with information at any time rather than just having a bunch of nothingness. Was it Alien Blue that I always used? They had like a column. Oh yeah, yeah, no they yeah, no they had a they Yeah, they were yeah, they did an excellent job. Yes. There's no, there's been Reader did a great job, uh Alien Blue did a great job. I was like Flipboard. Um, there was that app Al Gore made. Um, even Twitter, the original Tweety or whatever it was. There's there's been some really great apps that I think take um, wicked advantage of what the iPad can do as a device and really differentiate itself from just being a big iPhone. And that's that's kind of my goal with this release is to be like, oh, I'd love to be included in that uh, category of apps that did a great job of taking advantage of what the iPad has to offer. You might have to think about this question for a second, but... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna set it up first. So when the iPhone first came out, it really like revolutionized 
smartphones, right? But it was also met with lots of criticism. And people, a lot of the naysayers were, were saying, you know, no one's going to want to just use you know, a piece of glass all day. They're going to want buttons, blah, 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 blah. Whether you call it courage or whatever else um, Apple wants to call it, they typically do a stellar job of giving people something that they didn't know that they wanted. Even if they think in the beginning that they didn't want it, if that makes sense. And there is a phenomenal video. And I'm probably going to mention this video several times over the course of this podcast. But um, it's called What We Can Learn From Spaghetti Sauce by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you ever heard this talk before? No. I like that. It's a very catching title, though. It is. It's a fantastic video. And it really, um, it's one of... One of a couple of videos that I watched when I was at Apple Retail uh, that really kind of changed my perspective on things. And actually, it, it made an impact henceforth at that point in time on every single interaction I had with everybody that came in after that. What's this video called, quickly? It's, it's called sure I... What We Can Learn From Spaghetti Sauce. I'll put it in the show notes uh, as okay. well. Apple sometimes goes against the grain... And and then and like I said in my interactions, sometimes I went against the grain for what the customer told me that they thought they wanted, when in reality it wasn't necessarily what was going to bring them the most happiness. And that's pretty much what this video is about. Um, and it, it was this guy. I think his name was Howard Moskowitz, and he was a, like an ad advertising marketing guy. Where he had his revelation was at Prego. And I think it was Prego. Yeah, it was. And at the time in the middle, in the mid eighties, and you can watch the video, but I won't tell you the whole thing, but in in the mid eighties, basically there was just like one kind of spaghetti sauce. It was like classic, right? When he did user testing, he created like this really long line of uh, like from one to 10 spiciness, sweetness, and, and all these different like, aspects of taste right and it turns out as opposed to the graph showing like one big parabola of people like x sauce right it was like a a few camel humps it was people like classic people like spicy people like sweet um and prego had this revelation with him and all of a sudden they started making all these different varieties of their sauce and they ended up becoming way wildly more successful had they stuck along the path of assuming people just wanted one kind. Right. And so in a, in a sense, it kind of harkens back to, you know, when you bring up uh, customization options and in your app, but with that being said, has there been, or, Will there possibly be something rattling around in the back of your mind that you've been contemplating on adding or doing to the app that you feel might go against the grain of the community initially, but in the end, people will come around and see it as something that ultimately refines their experience in a positive way? I would say, yeah, I think so. There's probably some stuff with the iPad app that I'm doing now that um, I'm writing in a way that 
will also be transferable to the iPhone. So the iPhone experience will also benefit from this change I'm making. And as a result, I think some of them will be a little different than what people are used to. Because if you're using Apollo for you know three plus hours a day, potentially some people, and a core part of what you're using changes overnight, even a you might just, for lack of a better analogy, you might love that spaghetti sauce so much that you don't want to switch to a different spaghetti sauce, even if you love that one, just because it's unfamiliar. And I think uh, that it's yeah, like it's a tricky balance because there's some things I know if, if I even change it, if I have a feature that is, for whatever reason, hypothetically, I shipped and it's terrible, but I leave it in there for a few months and then I figure out a way to make it literally better for everyone. Perfect solution somehow. And I ship that. You you just know there's going to be some people who got used to the old way for whatever reason, and this new way, even though it's better, they're just their initial reaction is going to be, oh my god, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate change, and it, that's tricky uh, because it, it's it's sometimes easy to conflate. Did I ship a bad feature or did I ship something that's a little different and might just take a little bit to get used to, but it'll be better in the long run. And that yeah, that's definitely a tricky balance. And for me, it's almost got to be something. It has to be markedly better. It doesn't have to be, if it's 10% better and it's going to confuse everybody's muscle memory, probably not ship it. But in terms of things that are like radically, I think this is something I believe and it's really going to rub the community the wrong way in terms of a design choice. I don't think there's anything that crazy because I I feel like Apollo, (laughs) again, coming back to the cheating thing, it almost cheats in a way in that it's uh, my goal with it forever has been to be feel very much like an iOS native app so almost if reddit or if apple for whatever reason decided to make a reddit app what would it look like and as a result a lot of the design decisions i try to make are influenced by that so they there's something that would feel native on ios so if something it, it's i try to create experiences that are already consistent with what people would expect to happen on ios so i don't think there's anything that would come completely from left field and people would be like what what in the heck is this like i've never seen this before this is terrible so there's nothing too crazy like that because my goal is for everything to be approachable from the get-go so i think for me it just comes back to that main thing of i i don't try to ship anything too crazy out there in terms of something that i'd like but no one else probably would however there are some things i ship that might be a departure from what it was for the goal of it being better. And in a way, those can be equally scary because the end result is still change and people are going to buck back a little bit at any change. And you kind of just have to take that with a grain of salt and hope that uh, clearer heads will prevail over time. Change management is is, is the, the phrase that easily kind of um, describes the whole process that you're talking about. And it's something that we talk about at, at my job. And it's something that I personally try to work on because I, m- me, myself, I am a make a decision super fast, want it to be done now because I've made the decision. Um, not that I am impatient. I'm, I'm very patient in, in a sense that like with people, like, you know, if I'm trying to help you with something, you know, I'm, I'm patient in that sense. But when I am like, oh, I just saw... Christian's going to release this this beta, but it's not going to be out until Friday. I'm like, I really want that thing now. I want to. We want to use it now, now, now. Um, and so, the people like me are are definitely fewer and far between, further between, because most people tend to at a human level reject change typically. 
Um, or at least they're not as open to it as some people are like me. How do you feel like you juggle or handle change management? And do you feel that you have gained enough trust in your user base that you could potentially make a big change and be like, hey, this is kind of the way it is because of this? And not in a, not in a hostile way, but be like, you know, this right. is this is the way it's going to be. You feel like you're in a place um, at that point, at this point. Like, I guess if if I had to make a massive change in the app for whatever reason, like a massive design decision that was a departure from what it currently did, I think I'd try to do that slightly in waves, just to not have a tsunami crash on the user and completely, you know, blow them out to sea. I'd rather have a few small little waves that they can maybe. Um, get used to over a course of a few months rather than because yeah i feel yeah that would be a tricky one i I hope i would never have to do anything that drastic um because i think even as a user myself i'd be a little um the developer would have to have a very good reason to completely rip the app out from under me and change it night and day um especially because app updates on ios are kind of hard to be like oh i'll just use the old version it's like you, you can't really go back um so I think I'd very much try not to do that. Uh, but if I did, I'd try to make it progressive. And I, I would very much personally only make the changes if... I, I watched um, back when they were a little bit better company, maybe uh, a Facebook design video like ages ago where they were talking about at Facebook how when they're designing a feature, if it's a departure from what iOS or Android or the, the system it's built on does, they have to make sure it's i forgot the number they use but it was like two or ten times better than what we're replacing so they value consistency with what the users used to so much that if they're departing from what the users used to it has to be ten times better than whatever they're replacing it otherwise the pain will be too great from that change that the user you know if you're if it's only getting 10 percent better but the user has to completely retrain them their muscle memory that's not a very good trade-off so i think i'd try to make changes a little more gradually. And I, if I had to make even gradual changes over the course of time, I would make sure that the user, uh, the benefit to the user was very clear. Like they were very clearly getting something out of this um, short-term pain they were going through. Yeah. And I know that if, if that were to come to pass because of how empathetic I know that you are, I know that you would you'd probably write some kind of novella of a, of a, a subreddit post, um, making sure that everybody you know, understood and knew. But in the end, though, you, you, unfortunately, better, best, good, bad, it's all subjective, right? And that's something that um, I really learned once again when I was working in sales at, at Apple. I had a hard time, not a hard time. I, I tried not to use those words because they are because of the subjective nature of them and i tried to use more like um tangible words and i think you know if you were coming up with some kind of explanation and not just answering my question off the cuff i'm sure that you would as well it is this is the reason it will be better because x um you know a a little bit more explanation rather than it's good you know it's going to be great you know just yeah. No, Sorry, I completely, it's like, like you said, it's, it just all comes back to empathy. And I think people being like, people will react really negatively when, um, 
like say an app like Instagram or Facebook that you use all the time, they shift a massive design change. I think people react almost more negatively because there doesn't feel like there's empathy there. Like mm-hmm. you alluded to where it just feels like this big corporation took this thing that mm-hmm. you liked and took it away from you. And I feel like even if so much as they were like, Hey, I'm Mike, I'm the lead designer on this uh, project. Here are the, here are the top five reasons why we we made the changes and why we th- really think you'll like them. I feel like people would be like, oh, okay. So they weren't just doing this because, you know, a bunch of engineers were sitting around and uh, didn't have anything to do that month. Um, they, they can connect more on a personal level. And, and like you said, I think making like a subreddit post or something or even a blog post or even a tweet saying, hey, this <laughs> there's a lot of changes in here. Um, you know, I really respect all you guys. I wouldn't do this just on a lark for no reason at all. I, I really think this is uh, going to make the app better. And here are the reasons why I think people can, even if they disagree, they'll appreciate that you took the time to try to explain your thought process. And it feels a lot less like you're just some product that's being, um, that you're just being force fed. You're, you're, they, they, it shows a certain amount of appreciation between the product and the user. We, we used to have, uh, and all my ex retail or current retail Apple friends will laugh at this because they know. Um, but, that we we had the Apple steps of service and one subsection of um, those steps uh, was triple A, which is acknowledge, align, and assure. And that's basically what you just described. You have to acknowledge the user. You have to acknowledge the reaction of the user and you have to align and be like, you know, I understand it's going to be a big change. This is why, you know, we're going to do this. And then ultimately in the end, assuring them, um, that whatever the first A that you had to acknowledge, it was going to be okay in the end, basically. And and when you do that with somebody who's upset or angry, it, it, it almost always diffuses the situation because you're aligning with them in an empathetic way. And it's like a natural human response to, I guess, lower defenses when that happens. And it's a very, it's a very cool tactic. I use it in my daily life. I use it in my marriage. I use it, you know, in my current job. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great tool to remember and, and you train yourself enough on it and it becomes a natural reaction to anything that seems on the other end, like uh, a, a defensive, I guess. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool little tactic. And, um, you've got a lot, you've got a lot of really cool systems. You're a smart guy. I'm sitting here taking notes I'll on some of these. It. I think I'm going to walk away from this conversation. A lot hey man, I appreciate I it. Um, you know, it's just, I, 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 there's a lot of things that I do. And, and like I said, I wanted to use this show kind of like a platform to talk about some of those more philosophical things in life. Um, not just, not just like sure. Apollo is awesome or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I really appreciate you, you know, being able to kind of get in um, the weeds with me on that. And can you tell us a little bit about what's to come in the near future and also where people can find you and anything else that you'd like to let people know about? So for now, mostly I'm tuckering down and just uh, throwing my everything into uh, the iPad app. And in the back of my head while I'm building the iPad app, I'm trying, I know the Mac app, something I want to do after that. So I'm trying to design and build the iPad app in a way that is flexible enough that the Mac app won't have to be a complete rewrite. Hopefully I can take parts of that iPad app that I built 
with the Mac app in mind and make it easier for me to build the Mac app down the road. So that's, that's most of my uh, future. It feels like I, I remember when I was designing Apollo 1.0 for iPhone, it felt like the coding part, like, which was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Was maybe like 35% of the, the total hours put into the project. And it's just, I'm so indecisive with trying to figure out like what I want a design to be. Like I'll go to bed being like, I locked it. I nailed it. Like this is exactly what I'm going to go, go with. And I'll wake up in the morning and be using an app I use every day and see that, oh, maybe they did it differently. And I'll question everything and have mm-hmm. to sit there and be like, Ugh. and it's, it's so much of, so right now I'm trying to design um, and build at the same time. Don't get me wrong, but there's these little, parts of the Mac app and the iPad app that I'm like, uh, I'm not sure if I love that. Uh, let me use it a bit more and come back to that. So, so right now it's a lot of design and a lot of building and mostly focusing on the iPhone or the iPad and Mac apps and knowing at the back of my head that, gosh, it's going to be what, like two more months, three more months and WWDC is going to be here. And then I'm going to have a summer full of that. So it, it's, it's, it feels like a busy period right now because I know I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be relaxing until like, you know, September maybe when I've got the, iPad app out, hopefully the w, uh, iOS 15 features are hopefully, if there's a lot of work to do there, hopefully those are finished. And then, um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's a, it's a little hectic, but it's, it's yeah. fun hectic. That's great. And uh, where can people find what you do? Would you like to, you know, share yourself or obviously Apollo, but anything else? Uh, I mean, hopefully if you Google Christian Seelig, you can hopefully find me most of my places there. I guess primarily I'm on Twitter as Christian Seelig. I'm on uh, Reddit as I am, that is, um, I've got a website that's just my name.com and, uh, I'm even playing around with a little YouTube channel. That's again, of the same name. I, I guess yeah. I like to think I'm just about everywhere <laughs> trying to try to keep my fingers on a lot of pies and, uh, keep my finger on the pulse of just about yeah. everything. Might, might I suggest, um, next time you have a big feature released, uh, that you, you're, you're very, calming to talk to and i think that sometimes visual with audio uh might help reach users in a different way maybe you should make a a youtube video saying hey this is why i did this thing uh, i think it could be popular that's that's a, that's a really good idea i think I, I need to do more of that for whatever reason i've never liked the sound of my own voice so getting past i that hear you to make like I, I i had a couple podcasts before this and one that i did all the way back 2015 for a while and i would almost every time listen to myself and I'm like, Oh, I, but you, you get used to it. And honestly, it's just something you have to push through. No one else is thinking it, you know, everyone else okay. hears you the way that we already hear you, right. You're already getting exposure right now. Um, and so they know what to expect. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll get, yeah, you're right. I just have to muscle through it. So I think, no, that's a good point. I'll, I'll yeah, try to do more of that. Absolutely. That's a really good idea. Uh, Thank one you. last question. How is your uh, monitor setup doing? Oh, it's going great. Um, I uh, I got a really good deal on the stand recently. Um, so I ended up picking up the stand because I, I was talking to a friend and he was saying that, look, if you ever want to sell the monitor, um, the person buying it will probably want to get the stand anyway. Like it'll it'll be hard to sell it without the stand. So I was like, Ugh, okay, fine. So I bought the stand and, and I'm actually liking that a lot as in addition to the, the setup because it kind of, you, you walk in and you look at it and it feels more like this really cool XDR product. Like part of the, the stand is part mm-hmm. of the whole mystique of it, I feel like. So it's in a in such a vain, <laughs> capitalistic way, sitting down at this. It, it's motivating to work at for whatever reason. Like you walk in the room and you see this really cool piece of tech and you're like, 
I just want to sit at it and use it and get some work done. And I, I feel like in a way it's definitely paid for itself in that aspect. It's, it's so overkill. It's, I feel the same I'm really way. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have my own room uh, in the house. It's kind of like my office slash personal room. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a tech nerd like you are. And so I get all these like very specific uh, for certain tasks, gadgets, and, but it really does make me excited to work. The easier I can make it just to sit down and, start doing stuff, you know, in, including visuals around here. Like I love my hue lighting I have in my room. Um, it's, it's, it's oh nice. Yeah, no, it yeah, pays for, for it. sure. You, are you in the subreddit Mac setups? Yes. Funnily, I posted, um, I posted, and you know what? I think it's like the top post of all time now, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> it's just this it's just this stupid it's the stupidest meme post I think I've ever made. And so many people thought I was being serious. So no, that that subreddit's like probably one of my favorite. I just love looking at it and seeing all the cool setups people have. Um they're so inventive with colors and um, materials in their place and different tech. And yeah, it's, it's like uh, what I imagine Pinterest is for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's the maximum. Dude, I, exactly. My wife uses it and I, and I always try to get her to use Reddit and she doesn't really try to get me to use Pinterest, but like, I think my Reddit is to me what Pinterest is to her, but you know, to each their own. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly. the beauty of the internet, I guess. Hey man, it was so nice to kind of finally get to meet you over uh over this podcast and and more in person i appreciate you taking the time i hope you had fun i know i did and i hope you know those listening uh will get a lot out of it and get to know you a little bit better i'm this was genuinely very delightful for me as well i had a really great time thank you for having me absolutely thanks